Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, Whiteley so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. It's Red Shirt Friday. Wear a red shirt on Friday to honor our troops. Presented by the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation at mcsf.org. Hello and welcome back. Gil Whiteley with you for another 45 minutes joining on me on the show. Longtime friend, uh, Hall of Famer uh, uh, to be, uh, I promise you that, Ring of Fame inductee to uh, this weekend, Mike Shanahan. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Good, Gil. How about yourself? I'm doing really good. I'm still doing this. You know, when you and I first met, I wasn't even in radio yet. You were, you knew me from my restaurant. That's been a few years ago. You used that, to, was a, that was a great restaurant, by the way. You used to go in my restaurant. Now I go in yours, albeit not quite as much. No, that, was, that was a great time. Uh, you know, I, I remember the day that you got, that you were leaving the Broncos. You and uh, and uh, Dan and uh, Pat Bolin came in for lunch, and uh, I sat with you for guys and talked for a while and just going through all the things. And um, and after lunch, you guys were kind of hanging out a little bit because uh, uh, Dan Reese was driving you to the airport. And oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you don't remember? But I was. I was, well, I was right after my interview. Yeah, coming in. I got you. Uh, so I do remember that now. But it was. But, you know, I don't know quite how to say this. You've had a lot of adversity in your life and a lot of success. Every time you had an adversity, it turned into a success. You got played, you got hurt in college and hurt your either liver or your kidney uh, when you were playing. Which was it? I lost my kidney my uh, junior year in college and spring game and Obviously, that was the end of my football career. But it was the beginning of your coaching career. You became a coach because of that. Well, yeah, I was going to be a coach anyhow, but it happened happened a little bit sooner than anticipated. You know, uh, you know, when you went to the Raiders, you 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 know, there's only 32 of these jobs, and you wanted one of those in the worst way, which is what you got. Uh, you were never quite. There was always when you went to the Raiders, and and we haven't really talked about this, but I've heard from many people. There were Al Davis's guys, and there were Mike Shanahan guys. It was a split camp uh, while you were with the Raiders, wasn't it? Well, Gil, I'll be honest with you. I, I think regardless of what path you choose, if you're an assistant coach, well, when you're talking about the Raiders, you know, I had four great years here, then I had the opportunity to be the head football coach. And everybody talks about, you know, the Raiders and how tough it was it worked for Al Davis or talk about the things that didn't go right. Kind of people forgot the last game of that season. We were seven and eight. We were playing the Seattle Seahawks at the Coliseum, and if we win that game against Chuck, Chuck Knox at that time, uh, we actually win the AFC West. We lose forty three thirty seven, and if we would have won that game, obviously, I probably would have lasted a little bit longer with the Raiders. But you know, I think that's part of you know the uh, journey that you take. You're going to have some ups and downs and. You know, as I always say, tough times don't last, tough people do. When you go through those kind of learning experiences or tough experiences, you're hoping that it works for you in the future. The great coaches and, and through history, and, and that's one of the things that I give to my show and to my listeners, I give perspective of the matter of time and the length that I've been doing this. The, the huge amount of, of the best coaches 
that ever that ever coached in the NFL had great success in their second job. So uh, as it turns out, you came here. Uh, uh, you were going to be here one day. I remember that press conference when Wade walked in. Everybody was like, "What just happened?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but but you came here and had great success. I, I posted on Facebook and Twitter today a picture of you and I. Uh, at training camp, and I was talking to you. I was interviewing you, obviously, out on the field. And, and it's in another lifetime. That's how young we looked. I had hair. And, uh, uh, and it was just before the 96 season. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, if you look back on those Broncos, 6, 7, and 96, 97, 98, when, when those seasons were over with, the Broncos in a three-year period had won more games than any in any three years of any team in NFL history. Did you know that? No, I did. At that time, I know we had a, a, a nice winning streak in there. But I think you mentioned it before. Is Part of the reason I think we had that success is I had already been to a situation yes. with the Raiders, and I actually knew what I wanted a little bit more. And then when I got fired after the 71 season, after we lost to Buffalo, and went to the uh, 49ers and assistant coach, I got a chance to grow some more. So you take all those experiences you had and you try to use it when you do have the opportunity to be head coach, and I think I was pretty lucky. Yeah, and you came back with some, you came back with some perspective. You came back and said, well, you know, this didn't work for me or that didn't work for me. You were, no, you're exactly you, right. When you were John's position coach and then offensive coordinator, you and John were really close, but as a – Head football coach, you knew you couldn't have that same kind of relationship, and 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 you distanced yourself from it, from doing that, and you needed to. I don't think John Elway, the player, would want to play for John Elway, the gen, general manager, uh, because he had to change as well from his playing days to the responsibilities that came his way, and that ultimately served you well and through a lot of success. Yeah, well, first of all, you're very lucky to, you know, when you become the head coach or a coordinator, when you've got, you know, the, the top guy in the business, I don't care if it's John or if it was Steve Young or Joe Montana, you know, you've got a chance to do things that most people don't get a chance to do. But you're right about relationships. And you've got, they got, you got to have a lot of trust, and they've got to have a lot of trust. And, you know, if you're a guy that, you know, you're a real person, which John was, and, some of the quarterbacks you have through the years, you feel like you got a chance to do things and separate yourself from the pack. John Elway, the quarterback, when you were his offensive coordinator and his, and his quarterback's coach, uh, was a physical quarterback. He won games physically. When you came back, he had gotten a, he had gotten a, a ground a a, 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 a a grounding in the West Coast offense, but you came right from Bill Walsh and company, Steve Young. You brought in all the bells and whistles, and this thing clicked right in. And John Elway, the quarterback at the end of his career, was better quarterback when he, when he didn't have to use all of his physical attributes, when he can use his head. Well, to be honest with you, when I did come back and uh, had the experience of being with the 49ers and obviously the uh, three Super Bowls we were involved with when I was assistant coach, and uh, we lost to the Super Bowls the way we did. We knew we had to be more physical in the running game. In order to win, win a Super Bowl, 
you know, you're going to have to be more physical. And I thought at that time the NFC was a lot more physical than we were when I was an assistant coach. When I did come back as a head football coach, uh, we were, you know, in that four or five, four, six, four, seven, or average every year running the ball. All my years as an assistant coach with, you know, the Super Bowls and the AFC Championship, we averaged about 3.6 yards uh, carry. So we put a lot of pressure, a lot more pressure on John than you want to put on any quarterback. Yeah. He made some plays and took us to a lot of big games, but it was hard to separate ourselves when it came to the Super Bowl. The uh, NFL is somewhat of a copycat league, and, it, and there's a there's a new generation of young quarterbacks that are using their legs uh, rather than their arms, although I really like Mac Davis, and I think he's perfect uh, to go into that New England system. Mac uh, Jones? Yeah. yeah. What, what did I say? Mac Davis. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry. I like Mac yeah. Davis, too. You ever see him in concert? <laughs> uh, Pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was in North Dallas 42, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, no, 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 you're aging me a little but, bit. <laughs> but not, yeah, not, not, but in fact, uh, I think that a lot, uh, and it started, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it started in a lot of it. You had, you had, uh, a, 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 in, 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 uh, uh, in Griffith, a quarterback, a quarterback that, uh, that used his legs when he when he came up with you in New York or in Washington, excuse me, and then he got the injury, I, and and that's the real problem. I'll be honest with you, Gil. That that wasn't a problem at all. He actually, uh, I mean, obviously we did some things that people hadn't seen before, and you know he did a great job because when you ran that offense at Baylor, I mean it, it was special, and he had a good running game, good play action game, and we tried to utilize his talents. I actually think that if he would have worked on the dropback game a little bit more, I think he could have got to the next level. Yeah, uh, I I think the NFL is going to go back to quarterbacks to compete you with their arms. I guess that's what I'm kind of looking at. Is that? No, I, I agree got, with you. I agree with you 100. percent Now you can utilize the quarterback running skills if he's got the size, and it really helps. Uh, you know, especially in that third down and you know two to five area where. You know, keep a defense really kind of guessing what you may do, but you're exactly right. A quarterback has to be able to throw the football in the National Football League, and you got to make those third downs. You can keep a defense honest on first and second down, but eventually you got to make those throws on third down. And so, it'll, it'll you know, it's not going to change. You know, it'll go back and forth, but at the end of the day, you're right. That quarterback has to be able to drop back and throw it. 170 wins. It's, it is unbelievably difficult. To win a game in the National Football League, and that, and any coach will tell you that, 170 wins. Uh, uh, was there at a time when you're like, "Wow, is this going to really happen for me?" And and while it was happening, because uh, oh, honest with you, you know, when you're coaching, um, you really don't know, and it goes so quick. But when you get a little bit older, you know, you know one thing: you have to have number one, a great owner, uh, and we had the great owner, and we had Pat Bowen, and you have to have a quarterback. Uh, like we did with John Elway. And what you have to do is have an owner that believes in doing the little things the right way. And Pat was always that type of guy. And we had so many great Pro Bowl players and, you know, whole, uh, Ring of Fame players that gave you a chance really to separate yourself from the rest of the pack. And even coming as coming in as an assistant coach, you get your feet wet and it's a learning experience. And to have guys like Joe Collier around that, 
Uh, people don't realize how smart a guy is. Wow, Joe Collier, who, who, you know, most, yeah, everybody brings someone in. Joe Collier lasted like three or four coach administrations because uh, who's going to replace him? Well, eventually Dan Reeves did. He brought him in with uh, uh, because he wanted that that Bears forty at uh, forty six defense, and then 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 uh, and then Wade didn't use it <laughs> when he got here. But, well, I know one thing when uh, when I came in here in eighty four, and what Joe had done as a coordinator, certain seventy three, and kind of converting the Broncos to a little bit of the three four defense in seventy six and seventy seven when they went to the football. He was doing things that nobody had thought about in the National Football League. And, he was able to utilize his personnel to the fullest. And and so when I came in, I actually realized after talking with Joe Collier how little I did know and what a great learning experience it was to be around people with that type of experience. Yeah, I uh, I have uh, Randy Gratishar, uh, uh, Carl Mecklenburg on the show a, a, a lot. And the, 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 uh, the Joe Collier stories just never stop. And the praise for uh, uh, that guy and his and, – and, and how he conducted himself and the knowledge he had. Well, to be honest with you, I feel the same way about the guys you just mentioned, Greta Scher and Mecklenburg. Because Mecklenburg, I actually coached at Minnesota when he was there. And with Greta Scher, just following you know, his career at Ohio State. And I was just so disappointed when I came in in 84 because Mec- I mean, Greta Scher was retiring that year. I was hoping <laughs> He'd at least stay for another year or two, but I didn't have that experience. But I did with Mac and uh, him coming, I believe it was uh, 83. And uh, it was just some great experiences, especially when a guy went from a defensive end and only played that in college and utilized where he could play every position. Uh, that's what he himself. Uh, you, oh, you were at, uh, after Eastern Illinois. You went to Minnesota for, uh, and Mac was on that team? Yeah, he was there, and uh, he, you know he had just gotten there, and I went from uh, Minnesota to Florida for the next four years, and then when I found out you know not coming to the Denver Broncos, it was uh, it was a fun fun reunion for me. Uh, you know, you're, uh, I'm sure you looked up, and, and every year as a coach, uh, you'd be here, and they'd have the halftime you know, Ring of Fame uh, celebration. And I'm and I'm sure in your own mind you you said yeah I'll be up there one of these days and and not, and this weekend is your weekend uh, there's dinners there's parties there's everything going on uh, wh- what are your thoughts about about going in the Ring of Fame? I'll be honest with you never you know when I first got here in '84 Pat was you know came in about two weeks after I came in he actually talked to me when I was an assistant coach about wanting to set up the Ring of Fame and. I was teasing Pat. I said, Pat, I, I'm just trying. I'm just coming in the NFL. I'm just trying to know what I'm supposed to do. But I, I think it's a heck of an idea because he wanted to honor everybody that was a part of making the organization what it was. And I thought Pat had the perfect idea of bringing guys that had meant something from the past uh, to the present. And uh, what a great honor it is to you know, be one of those guys. Never even thought about that possibly happening. Maybe one day they'll just put up one word and they'll, they'll say Greek. <laughs> well, he's been the best. He has been the best for the years. Yeah, you can't get better than the Greek. That would be that would be very nice. I think uh, uh, you need to they need to keep some thought into that. Uh, I mentioned earlier, and I know I, I'm not going to get you into it, but uh, I am positive that you're uh, you're you're in the pecking order for a coach going into the into the Hall of Fame. It takes the coaches a little longer to. Uh, 
to get into that, and I, I look forward to that day. I'll show up. For, I'll show up for that. <laughs> well, just thanks for the thoughts. Uh, never know if things like that happen, but it's sure nice just be yeah, I, in that vein. It's, yeah, it's tough to do. And again, we you and I go back a long time through through different things. Uh, I used to live right across from East Leiden High School in Schiller Park at Ruby and Twenty Five. Across the street was Franklin Park, and uh, where a uh, a little wishbone quarterback uh, he rushed for like two hundred and fifty yards one day, didn't he? Oh, yeah, that's funny. You do you do you do know your history. How <laughs> many people remember that? That's been a while ago. I used to go over to games. Yeah, I know that was I, that was fun. I could only yeah, afford thirty five cents. We actually opened up the wishbone offense against a team that had never seen it, and I promise you that's the only reason we got that many yards. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, Mike, I appreciate it, and uh, such a well deserved honor. And uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just really uh, excited that you had that took the time to come visit on my show. No, my pleasure, Gil. Great talking to you again. It's been a while. Looking forward to seeing you. Okay, thank you, sir, Mike Shanahan. <laughs>